Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. It is finished. Amen. On the first day of our program, I shared with you, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Is that not so? On the second day, I shared with you what? I thirst. And on the third day, I shared with you, Woman, behold thy son. And today, I am sharing with you, it is finished. Stand up everybody, and we are going to read uh, John chapter 19 together. Hallelujah. Verse 28, it says, And after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. Verse 30, all of us together. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let us pray. Father which art in heaven, thank you for yet another opportunity to share your holy word and to receive of you in a special way tonight. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats at this time. Are you there? All right. These are seven windows by which we can look into his very mind and learn the impressions made upon him by what was happening. Hallelujah. The seven last sins of Christ. Amen. Amen. They show that he retained unimpaired serenity and majesty which had characterized him through his trial and exhibited in their fullest exercise all the qualities which he had which had already made his character illustrious amen, amen. jesus was absorbed in a prayer for his murderers and he forgot his fatigue when he was carrying his cross because of the daughters of jerusalem and their children. Remember Jesus turned around and told the daughters of Jerusalem weep not. You know. He forgot that he himself was tired because he saw the daughters of Jerusalem and their children. And he was absorbed in a prayer for his murderers. He quenched the pain of the first hours of his crucifixion by his interest in the thief and his care to provide a new home for his mother. Never he was never more completely himself. The absolutely unselfish worker for others. Amen. Amen. Is it not wonderful what our Jesus did? And lo, we, as we look, the shame is gone. It has lifted off him and fallen on Pilate. <laughs> I said, lo, the shame is gone. As lifted from him. And falling on Pilate, the soldiers, the priests, and the mob. His outflashing glory 
has scorched away every speck of disgrace and tipped the crown of thorns. Hallelujah. Well, this word, it is finished, comes from one Greek word, tetelestai. So my actually my message could be tete lestai. Tete, you know, like in the gun boy tete. T or tete. T-E-T-E-L-E. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. Alright. And um, I'm going to read my little book here. It was written in 1902. So the English is a little old, but it's still a blessing. Amen. It says. At the words, it is finished. You hear prison walls falling down. Barriers as high as heaven are overthrown. And gates which have been closed for thousands of years begin to move on their hinges. Because it's finished. And we are saved, hallelujah, by the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And I see that salvation affecting your life today. Two previous words from the cross voiced its tragedy. But this one, it is finished, shouted its triumph. Three English words, it is finished, are the equivalent of a single Greek word, tetelestai. Some people say this is the greatest single word ever uttered. Tetelestai, it is finished. In a charming way, Mr. Borham points out that this was a farmer's word. Listen to this. When there was born into his head an animal so shapely that it seemed destitute of defects, that means it was perfect, beautiful animal, the farmer, gazing on the creature with delighted eyes, would exclaim, Tetelestai. You see, when the farmer sees a beautiful animal, completely nice, born, he would say, Tetelestai. That means beautiful, it's complete, it's finished. It was also an artist's word. When the painter had put the finishing touches to the vivid landscape, he would stand back and admire his master's piece. Seeing that nothing called for correction or improvement, he would murmur, Tetelestai. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tetelestai was also a word used by the priests. It was a priestly word. When some devout worshipper would come to church, overflowing with gratitude for mercies received, and he brought to the temple a lamb without blemish, the pride of the flock, the priest who was more accustomed to seeing blind and defective animals being led to the altar eh? when he would look admiringly at this creature that was being brought by this worshipper and say Tetelestai <laughs> because you see the priest was used to seeing people bringing their limping goats blind ones, coughing ones <coughs> As offerings, but when the priest could look out and see a beautiful animal, complete, perfect, he would look as the church member would bring his worship and say, Tetelestai. Turn to your wife or your husband or your beloved and say, Tetelestai. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A 
and listen when in the fullness of time the listen the lamb of god offered himself on the altar of the cross as the scripture says a perfect and flawless sacrifice he cried out with a loud voice tetelestai and yielded up his spirit hallelujah you see it was the perfect complete sacrifice payment for your that's your ticket to heaven you may not have a ticket to London but you've got a ticket to heaven I say you may not have a ticket to New York but you have a ticket to heaven perfect and when everything was done and the, the sufferings were complete then he uttered those words or just one word in the Greek tetelestai it's finished, it's complete there's nothing left to add to the painting, there's no more correction that has to be done, there's no more adjustment, the price has been paid, that is why our works cannot make us get to heaven, that is what I was trying to share with you earlier that there is nothing we will do that will make us good enough That is why we are judged or we gain good reports by faith and not by good works. By faith which is equivalent to obeying God even when it is to obey something you enjoy. That's when you get a good report. By faith, the elders. Because faith is the art of operating in darkness without being able to see. But you still believe and you flow and you work and you move although you cannot see it's not by being good because as for the payment for your salvation it has been made there is no adjustment to it it's finished it's completed tetelestai I said tetelestai suffering has ended to him it had been a foregone conclusion that he must suffer And that on him would meet the accumulated guilt and sin of a lost world. He must experience the loneliness and the rejection, the desolation and desertion, the sneering and the scoffing and the physical agony and mental anguish incidental to taking our guilt upon him. That is what he had to experience. The cup of suffering was indeed full. And as McLaren puts it. Having drained the cup, he held it up inverted. And when he said it is finished, not a drop trickled down the edge. He drank it all that we might never ever need to drink that punishment again. Hallelujah. He was pouring out our pain, our sickness, our need to go to hell. And he poured every drop out. And when he saw that the last drop had come out, he said, Tetelestai, there's no more drops of sin and of pain for you and me to drink. It's finished. It is finished. The types and shadows of the old covenant had been complete. They had been necessary, but they were temporary. And the, the, the need for animal sacrifices and the fire and the blood was not necessary anymore. Bishop Ryle says 
he had at length offered up the perfect sacrifice. There was no more need for any more sacrifice. That is why you must not go to any juju man or let anybody bring you any sacrifice. And that is why no offering that you make can atone for any sin. Every offering has been made for you. Whatever you are giving to the Lord, you are giving out of your love for him and out of this. You are not gaining anything. Of all mankind, Jesus alone at the close of his life could say it is finished. Only Jesus could say it is finished. Early in his ministry, he had claimed my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. At the close of his ministry, he claimed, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. In John 17 verse 4. He alone could review his life approvingly, conscious that in every detail of his father's will, it had been carried out faithfully. He had done what the first Adam had failed to do. He had kept the law of God perfect. And so obtained a righteousness that is now available for all who believe in him. Compare our Lord's triumphant tetelestai with the great Cecil Rhodes' cry of frustration as he lay dying. This is somebody when he was dying. Listen to what he said. He said, so much to do and so little done. But Jesus Christ said, it is finished. I have nothing to add to my work that I have accomplished on this earth. It's so perfect. I need no adjustments, no reviews, no going back, no remedials, no improvement, no regrets. He said, it's finished. Will you be able to say, it is finished at the end of your life? Or will you say like Mr. Rhodes So much to do So little done Lighthouse Chapel International What will we say at the end of the age When we lie down When we come to the end Will we also say So much to do So much that could have been done But so little was done Will we say at the end of our lives So much we could have paid for but so much we didn't pay for. So much we could have supported, but so much we did not support. The truceless conflict between God and Satan forms the unifying theme of the scriptures. From the hour of man's fall in Eden, the adversary of God and man channeled all his hellish ingenuity into an endeavor to frustrate God's purpose of grace. For mankind. His slimy trail may be traced through the Old Testament. But with the advent of Christ, his assaults became more direct and open. On the cross, he launched his final attack against the seed of the woman who was to deal him his death blow. And at first, it looked as though Satan had been the victor. But it only seemed so. The resurrection demonstrated that Christ was the victor. Hallelujah. On Sunday, we shall rejoice that Christ rules for all of us. God had entrusted to his son the most stupendous task of the ages. The redemption of a world lost of lost and enslaved men. What irrepressible joy must have surged through him as he cried in triumph, it is finished. Every obstacle standing between man's fellowship with God was removed. Every demand of law had been satisfied. 
the redemption was secured. There was nothing to add. It was perfect and complete. Henceforth, the way to God was open to all men. Henceforth, they would know him as a God of love. The joy set before him was already in sight. That's why he said it is finished. And now he could gladly summon his servant death and dismiss his spirits. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said it is finished. These three words strike my heart. What is finished? This is a message to all of us that everything we have and we experience will not be forever. What is finished? The preaching of Jesus is finished. He will no longer preach on this earth the way he preached. So when he was saying it was finished, he had finished preaching. He had finished teaching. He had finished suffering. He had finished living a life of obedience. He had finished making sacrifices. That is the thing that God sent his son to do. And he was able to do it. When he said it is finished, it meant that he had finished his role. But it's not finished for me and for you. We also have to now do our preaching. Because he has finished preaching. And we also have just a short while to do our preaching. Recently I was reading and I realized I was now not able to see as I used to see before. And I realized that my days of preaching are surely coming to a close. I don't know when. God is the only one who knows when. We pray that it will not be soon. But who knows? The Lord is the one who knows best. Amen. But my days of preaching are just within a season. You see, there are seasons for all of us. Seasons where you can do something. Unfortunately, the devil tells you you have forever. But nobody has forever. Even Jesus has not finished all his work. When he said it was finished, he meant this particular season is finished. Because he has gone to become an intercessor. Bible says he ever lived to make intercession. One day the trumpet will sound. And the Lord will now take up another kind of job. And he will rise and come for his saints at the rapture. After that, he will fight with the Antichrist, defeat the devil, bind the devil. And after that, he will reign and rule over for a thousand years and so on and so forth. So when he said it is finished, he was sending a message to every believer that there are seasons. And when every season comes to an end, you must be able to say it's finished for this particular season. You must be able to look back and look at every season of your life. There are many people who even used to be at the cathedral. They never knew that being at the cathedral was just for a season. Somehow when we are into things, we think it's going to be forever. But it's just for a season. Sometimes we never know that the season is about to end. And what we could do will now not be possible later on. Some of us can preach. And are supposed to preach. I will never retreat from this type of preaching. I will never change that kind of preaching. God has called us to lay down our lives and to follow our Savior and to become preachers and to do His will and to go to the uttermost part of the earth. And there is only a short period available for me and for all those that are in the family that God has given to me to do this. When He said it was finished, 
It was finished for that season, but it's not finished for us. It means that our finishing time is also going to come. His voice will not be heard that way. Recently, I had a vision and I saw some of my people and I was talking to them. They were not listening to me. So I was, as I was pondering about it, then the Lord said to me, don't talk to them anymore. Don't talk to them anymore. He said to me, talk to other people. Don't talk to these ones. You've spoken to them enough. And as the Lord was telling me that, I realized that the time for, for us to even hear certain things gets to a close. You won't hear it again. If you, there are some preachers who never repeat what they say. One example is Derek Prince. You never hear him going back on when he, when he preaches, he says a word, he never goes back. You have to rewind to hear what he says. There are some who keep repeating and they'll say, It is finished, it is finished. You keep hearing it and you keep hearing it and you keep hearing it so you can get the message as you go along. But there are some who never go back. What Jesus has said, he has said. And what he has declared, he has declared. What is finished is finished. What the Lord has said to you in a certain season of your life, he has said to you. And if you have heard his word, remember that it's not always even on this earth that you hear certain things. No, 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 no. The time is over. Recently, I I was involved with one of my pastors trying to help him extract himself from difficulties that he had caused himself because he would not listen to the word of God at an early, earlier time. As I move heaven and earth, look, when I talk about moving heaven and earth, eh? when I talk about moving, I'm talking about my little earth and my little heaven that I can move. I move and I move and I'm after moving to try to help this person who was refusing to obey the word of God earlier but now had repented. I realized that I was not greater than God. Because after doing everything, I still could not help the person. And then the Lord asked me whether I am more merciful than he is. Whether I am better than he is. And whether I know how to help people better than he can help people. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a time when it's over. You won't hear that again. So I want you to take heed to whatever little you are hearing and have heard. To those of you who are planning to be pastors, ministers... There are some things I have preached, I will never preach them again. Except you were to go and collect a tape, you wouldn't hear it. Recently, I was in America, and they asked me, are you not coming for a camp meeting? I said, oh, I'm not coming for a camp meeting. And they asked me, are you not coming here for a camp meeting? I said, I'm not coming for a camp meeting. I said, I have said many things, I've finished saying them. Anybody who is interested can go and find them. They are there. I've preached them. I won't preach them again to those people. I'll preach it to other people. If you want it, it's been said. Because there is a time when the voice goes down. It's up to you now. Look, if I was talking about somebody who was blind, a blind man who had glaucoma and he became blind just about five years ago. And a friend was telling me, he said, they went and they put like this flat light on the man's face like that. He couldn't see the slightest thing. And I realized that no matter the light that is shown in front of you, except you yourself have eyes or want to see or can see with your own internal equipment, you will never see it. That is why we preach. Have you ever wondered why didn't Jesus move to Morocco and preach? Why didn't he come to Ghana? Why didn't he go and do perform cures? No. If I scarce me because I realize that God's voice to us is limited. God's warnings are short. 
His callings are short. The period of time when his doors are open are short, small, brief. Three years, even the three years of ministry were divided into the year of public favor when he started out. And then it developed gradually into the year of opposition. And then into another year of quietness where he was talking mostly to his disciples and moving gradually towards Jerusalem until he got to the last phase of where he was crucified. Even that. I am frightened tonight because I hear the Lord saying that his voice and his callings and his openings and his opportunities are not everlasting and everlasting because we are in a world limited by time we are limited by time so the word finish will come you only have to do exams from JSS to SS you will learn that word five minutes to stop work no matter how kind the invigilator is you have to accept that it is a time to declare it is time to stop work now you must stop work now. It's finished. My preachings are finished. My obeying God. My suffering for people are finished. It's time for people to also suffer. I've suffered. Somebody else must suffer. Somebody else must pay the price. He said take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. In your day. And also suffer. And also pay your own price in your own way, in your world, in your sphere. Pay the price. I have finished. It's finished now. I've finished mine. You now suffer. Somebody else must suffer. When Paul was called, he said, I'll show him what he must suffer. That's what they told him. I'll show him how many nations he has to travel to. So I'll show him what he must suffer to be a witness. All the disciples were murdered and were slaughtered in the same way for us to have the gospel today it's finished season is not dependent on you there are seasons there are seasons when you can do certain things if you don't know i'm telling you there are only seasons there are seasons in your life you may stand in the winter and say i don't care i'm still going to do what i should have done i remember seeing a idahosa in he was wearing this a nigerian dress in the winter it was not easy for him in the end they had to call for a winter coat and he was he had to wear the winter coat on the anago dress before he could continue preach because the winter was not easy it was not the weather of west africa you may not even want it but the season will change around you seasons are not you you are in the season four seasons in your life the years of beginning the years of planting seeds when it's time to plant seeds and you don't plant seeds it's finished then another season gets up and another season and another season the year of early growth the year the period where there's a lot of rain to encourage things to then a year of the, the end of maturity where you can advise the seasons are passing by it's finished it's finished it's finished it's finished jesus was just saying my season this season is finished and i'm moving to my next work to start intercession as satan is accusing i'll be interceding i finished this one i finished this one did you finish that one when god sent you to be a student and sent you to learn and sent you to humble yourself did you finish it the way god sent you to work did you finish it or on the way you just threw it away and said hey i'm tired of all these things look we've been in the church for some time and so on and threw it away did you finish 
When God sent you to be a son and sent you to humble yourself to be a daughter, did you do it? Did you finish it? When God gave you the opportunity to serve him, to be a pastor, did you do it? When God sent you to help the man of God and pay for his struggles and pay for the work and pay for the books and pay for things, did you do it? Perhaps the season has even changed and you are not aware. Season after season come into our lives. But we don't understand that all that God is doing is that he's moving us progressively through season. And sometimes when you don't do what you should have done in the last season, you can't move nicely into the next season. And your whole life looks mixed up. It's because the last season is totally incomplete and you've moved on. In 1983, I was in London. God was now going to introduce me to church. Because at the time that I got born again, I was in secondary school. When you enter secondary school and you are a boarding student, you, your life is quite, you are, you are more in school than at home. I was never going to have opportunity to go to church every Sunday from the time I entered from one. That life was now over. Only Easter holiday, long back, Christmas holiday. But because the university closed, I now had a strange opportunity. For one year, we were out of school, and here I was in London. And here was this church. For a special season of my life, I now belong to a church to see what is a church. Sunday, preaching, Sunday, first service, second service, third service, usher, ushers, choir, music, this, that, all the different things of a church. It was a special season of my life. I took it seriously and I was dedicated. And that is why even my pastor, Pastor Bassett, called me and asked whether he would like to train me for the ministry. Thank God, years later, when I went back to him and said, I've started a church, I have 40 people in the church. I would like you to ordain me. He said, I know you. I will ordain you. Come on Sunday. I told him I had about 40 or 50 people. And he said, that's, how, that's where I was ordained. Because that was the church that I actually attended as a church. I took that season. Not knowing it was my training season. It was my training season. What seasons are there in your life today? Are you making use of those seasons? So that as each one goes by, you can say, Tetelestai. There's, there's no improvement to make on my membership to Lighthouse Chaplain. There's, there's nothing I would like to add. No, no correction. Many of us have so much correction, Pastor Eddie, to make on how, how we have behaved since we came into this church. Correction. You can't look on say and say, oh, this is, what did the man say? This is Tetelestai. There's no, nothing else to add. It's perfect. I've done my very best. Can you say that? I've done my very best. You know, when I look back, when I was in Pastor Bassett's church, at that time, my, the money that I was, I was getting was something like 20 pounds in a week. Tithing, in those days, I can say, by the grace of God, every pound that was a tithe, I paid it. I can't look back and say, I wish I had paid tithes properly. I did pay tithes properly. I never ate it. I was the poorest of the poor in London. That's why I sometimes look at the place. I said, this place, thank God that I can visit and go out. I stayed in London as a very poor person. I never saw all those Buckingham Palace and all those tourist attractions because I never, I was not, I was underground moving through the system. I was not a tourist. I was a sufferer. But I paid my time. I can't correct it because I did it. Can you? You are looking at my face. Look well, my face. Oh, yeah. You see, my man of God who God gave me, that's why. 
He comes to Ghana. He called me. I said, my, my pastor, it will be my honor eh, for you to preach in my church. My honor. 21 years ago, I was in the church and you were there. That's why when he came to Ghana, although there, were, there are many Ghanaians who were in that church, Ghanaians and Nigerians, plenty. But 21 years later, here he is in my church. And in fact, I was preaching in London when he walked in. He sat there as I preached in London throughout. Because I behaved myself in a particular way towards him. He has no evil to say about me. So many of us, our pastors can look at us and say, this is an ungrateful person. This is a wicked church member. This member never trust him, never trust her. She would turn against you. He would turn around you. He's like this and like this and like that. When you go, you will not even say bye-bye. Nothing good to say. There's so much correction we can make. But when Jesus said it is Peter Telestar, he was saying that it's, it's, it's a beauty. It's a perfect thing. I have nothing to correct and nothing to add to what I have done, to what I have contributed. In conclusion, I just want to say, Tetelestar is an artist's word. When the painter had put the finishing touches to the landscape, he would stand back and admire his masterpiece seeing that nothing called for correction or improvement he would murmur tetelestai stand back at the season of your life and look and see what calls for improvement or correction can you say it is finished can you say tetelestai for when you were in your 20s when you are in your 30s can you say when you are in school tetelestai can you say when you were made a lighthouse pastor, Tetelestai? Can you say when you were full-time ministry, Tetelestai? There's nothing I could have added. Or you are just collecting a salary from the church. Can you say there's nothing, no improvement I could make? Tetelestai, it's finished. When you finish with this phase and the Lord moves you on to the next, maybe you are in another country, can you look back and say, Tetelestai, I did my best? When I look at the time when I was, I used to do certain types of camp meetings, I'll stand on my feet from 5 a.m. Eh, till night for hours teaching my people why you should be a soul winner. 55, so I look at the people, I say, look at these people. I'm pouring out my heart. One day I went to preach somewhere, the pastor's wife came to me and said, you know, you, you really give of yourself. I said, what should I give? I poured out my heart to people. And I look, that's why I at a point, I look and say, hey, maybe... I'm not wiser than God. If you've preached, you've preached. That's it. It's finished. It's finished. I preach some very good preachings. Very, very good. Pre- uh, that's why sometimes when I say I should go and preach about it, I say, look, I preached it. I preach about the assembly. I preach about loyalty. I preach about remembrance. I preach about so many things. If you look at this Easter convention, I'm preaching like test. I'm preaching Tetelestai because there's no more improvement to this season. There's no more correction. That's what I'm preaching. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm preaching. You are hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, at the beginning of this convention, I just heard the news that my one of the fathers that God gave me, Uncle James, had passed away. He died. You know, I was wondering, what should I preach about? You know, then I, I said, you know, because there are some things that are on my heart. And I said, you know, I don't know how many times I'll be preaching at Easter. Let me do what I have to recently I had a vision in the vision I saw it was like my father or a father was dead and his ashes 
were in a jar. And they gave me his ashes and they gave me his coat. And I said, what is this? So I said, ashes. And he says, ashes are useless, but his coat, that's the anointing. Take it and use it. And then he said, a time will come you to be converted into ashes and the coat, somebody else will take it and use it. In the days you carried the coat and you carried the mantle, you turn into something else or were you faithful? Is there correction to be made or is it perfect? The artist looked and said, there's no improvement. Look back and say, wow, tetelestai, tetelestai. Can you look back on the days you were on campus and say, oh, tetelestai, tetelestai, Beautiful, beautiful. My days on campus. Or did you use your days on campus to do foolishness, lukewarmness, never really serving God the way you ought to serve Him? Can you look back on your days of early marriage and say, "There's no improvement. It was just peace, or was it just war?" Can you look back on your days when you have your fifties and say, "There's no improvement." The priest was used to defective things, but when he saw a perfect one, he looked back and said, "This is this is a tetelestai." Ask somebody, can you say Tetelestai for this season of your life? Lift your hands. Ask the Lord for grace, for mercy to be bestowed upon your life. Everybody standing, please, to your feet. Listen, it is finished. Season is over. The seasons are passing by. Can you say, when I was doing the work of an usher, I did it with all my heart. Tetelestai. There's nothing I can add to this little job I did for the Lord lift your hands to the Lord thank him for his word tonight for his blessings tonight for truly he has ministered unto you his blessing his word his mercies thank you Jesus for your great blessing oh hallelujah shindaleh what little job did you have playing the piano singing for the lord can you look upon it and say there is no more improvement i can make to this i did my very best father thank you for your blessing for your healing tonight as every head is bowed and every eye closed if you are here today you want to give your life to God you want to give your life to Jesus you want to say pastor pray with me on this good Friday I'm not a born again Christian somebody invited me to church but in my heart I'm very far from God please pray for me pray with me if you are here like that lift up your right hand I want to pray with you I want to pray for you Lift up your right hand up high and come to the front quickly. Come, come to me here. I want to pray for you. Just come, come from wherever you are to the front. I need to pray with you very quickly as we close. Oh, God bless you, my little sister. You want to give your life to God on Good Friday. I want to be born again. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray with me. God bless you. Maybe you come to church, but you are not born again. I want to pray for you right now. Come quickly to the front. This is not a healing call. It's salvation. The blood of Jesus. 
Pastor Ishmael, can you look on your time in Tema and say, Tetelest time? There's nothing else I could have improved upon. There's no improvement I could have made. I gave it my very best. And all of us, in the season of whatever the Lord has given to you, can you look and say, this, this is a perfect one. This is a good one. Those of you in front here, lift your hands. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I realize that I'm a sinner, that I don't know God. Please forgive me for all my sins. I accept Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Master and my King. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, all of us here, I want you to follow our pastor who is waving. You see one of the pastors is waving his hands. Just follow him this way, please. Go this way. God bless you. And now you join the church, all right? Join this church and God is going to bless your life forever and ever. Amen. How many want to be able to say, Tetelest time? There is no improvement I could make. Lift your two hands. No correction I could make. It's a good one. It's, a, it's been a perfect something. I want to pray Tetelest time for all of us. Maybe you are financiers. Maybe you are businessmen. Maybe you are uh, workers. You, you are a member. Maybe you are a shepherd. Maybe you are a singer. You want to be able to look back and say, it was a good, excellent performance. I couldn't have done better. And I'm praying, Father, right now, I pray for all whose hands are lifted. That, Lord, there would be a special blessing. That indeed we'll be able to walk into the footsteps of Jesus. And be able to say, Lord, Tetelestai. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.